If you're in construction, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Constructed Behaviors Podcast. I'm your host, Barb Allen. I'm a woman with decades of experience in the construction industry, and most of it on the job site. I know how rewarding this industry can be, but like you, I also know that we could improve. Let's work together to make changes from the inside out. do you look at a company's website and see that their executive team lacks diversity? I was the only female on the executive team of the last company that I worked for. I was also the only one that wasn't married and the only one that did not have kids. The entire leadership team was white men between the ages of 40 and 50. Maybe one was in their late 30s, but the point is zero diversity. From that experience, executive diversity is now one of the first things I look at when I look at a company or an organization's website. Many company websites tout diversity throughout their website pages, but when it comes to the page showing the executive team, the same is not yet modeled. I say all this today in particular because my guest, Brandy McCombs, has shattered a glass ceiling that existed here in Kansas City for 136 years. Yes, you heard me right, 136 years. Brandy McCombs is the first female chair of the Builders Board in Kansas City. Now, please know I am a big fan and supporter of the Builders Association. They do great things for the construction industry in Kansas City. And the man that has been president of the association for over 20 years is a huge supporter and advocate for women. This episode isn't to talk about why they haven't had a female chair before. This episode is instead to celebrate that a woman is finally holding this position and to celebrate her in particular. So thanks for agreeing to be on the show, Brandy. Well, thank you very much for having me, Barb. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I was trying to think about when you and I first met, um, I don't know that I actually remember. It's been. I do. You remember? I do. I do. Oh, please tell me. So you were just heading up from, I believe, Texas from a position you were in the field um, with the GC there. And um, I had just joined NAWIC. And I believe we were in the new member orientation together and that was oh wow 2012 2013 okay sure that's sounds about good (laughs) um so yes i've actually watched you evolve from your boots on ground to executive presence at that gc to going to be the owner's rep to another executive role so yeah it's been it's been that long so i've watched you I love that. And I have watched you as well, but I would say that really it's been the last year since I quit and went out to do my own thing that you and I have really gotten to know each other better on a different level and have um, started figuring out how, how can we make a difference for each other and, and for women in the industry, but really here in, in Kansas city. So that I have really enjoyed getting to know you better the last, the last year. So thanks for that. Yeah, so of course, me, I, myself as well, you, because it's been, it's been uh, 
great as a sounding uh, a sounding board to, to, to bounce off the ideas from, for sure. Yes, it's so helpful when there's other women that really understand where you've been and where you're going. So, mm -hmm. okay, let's talk about you for a second. Well, the whole thing's really about you. But, um, okay, so you have been in the construction industry for over 20 years. Correct. You have owned your own company for 15, more than a little over 15 years. Um, and your company, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have offices in Kansas City and somewhere in Florida, right? Yeah, Southwest Florida, correct. Okay, so your company is IBC. Um, why don't you tell the listeners a little about IBC? What kind of projects do you guys do? What size? What trades do you employ? How many employees do you have? What is, what is your role? What do you do there as president and owner of IBC? Okay, where do I start? Um, so trade, <laughs> trades, actually we'll go, we'll start with the uh, the, the scopes basically. Um, carpentry, so we're finished carpenters. So um, we also, that is one company and we also have another company, it's called IBC. There's IBC Carpentry and IBC Traffic. Um, so we have carpenters that do the finish work. Um, and then we also have a, a heavy highway division that does traffic control. So road closure, striping, such as that. So uh, we have a, you know, roughly between 150 to 200 people, depending on what time of the year it is. Right now it's closer to the 200 mark. It's super busy. It's a great time to be in Kansas City. Um, we actually just wrapped up the last job in Florida currently because there's a lot going on here that it's, um, we're going to, we're going to basically spend a lot of focusing time in, in the Kansas City area. Yeah, um, I'll, so, I'll interrupt yeah. just for a second to say there's so much street work going on in Kansas City right now. Like you guys have got to be so busy. I, I find myself driving through and cussing all of the construction that needs to be there. And then I see your sign. I'm like, well, at least Brandy's making money. That's what I say too. <laughs> I'm with you on the same way. I'm like, gosh, darn. I mean, I'm not kidding. You're right. Like I live downtown and there's been plenty of times where I don't know how to get home. Uh, there's so many road closures. And then and then I have to ease up because then I see my logo and I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> um, so I still don't know how to get home and um, I'll figure it out. So GPS, here I come. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the other part. So the traffic control is, so we have heavy highway um, laborers. So we have, I mean, I'm, honestly, I would say we're about 50-50 as far as staff wise goes, especially right now. And not to mention the the I-70 widening that was just signed, I believe, on Monday, where the federal government or their infrastructure money just signed it to come into play. So basically, we're already in Grain Valley right now and working on the exit. Um, so that's kind of start one. They're going to start in Columbia. It's phase one, phase two is KC, and then phase three will be St. Louis. So crazy busy. That's um, so that's highway work. Yeah. That's not city work. That's awesome. So um, thinking back on projects in general, like particularly um, I get more excited about the carpentry side with my background, but out of your carpentry projects, like do you have a, a particular project that's been your favorite so far? And I mean, if it's the one that we did together at Two Light, that's okay. <laughs> uh, but what do you have a particular project that's been your favorite? Of course. Well, anything with the entertainment part, right? So we did Legoland Sea Life. We have done this everything exhibit with this at the zoo. We are just finishing up um the new Bally's, which was the Isle of Capri. I don't know if you've been by there. 
Holy I just saw beautiful. that on my way to the airport last week. And I'm like, how have I not even noticed what's going on here? That thing is beautiful. I know. It's crazy how they did it too. They they just kind of just wrapped the structure. I mean, they didn't do anything with the boat that was there. They just made it, put those uh, metal panels up and look what they did. I mean, really, they did a good job. Oh yeah, so, it looks great. Yes, yes. So I would say anything entertainment wise, the airport was very cool because it's an icon. Of course, yes. so we did quite a few in there, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Uh, I would say between the three I just mentioned were probably three of my favorite ones. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's talk about why, how, why and how, how did you even get into construction? Like, did you come up in a family in construction or where where did this come from? Uh, no, I actually was uh, came up in a long line of entrepreneurs my dad, my wow. grandfather. So my grandfather, owned, I grew up in a, this little town of you know, Southeastern Ohio. My grandpa owned the only gas station. My, my father owned the only auto parts store. And I knew at some point I was going to own my own company. Never in a million years would I've ever thought it was going to be construction. <laughs> thought it was going to be restaurants, but yeah, that didn't work out so well. And um, the why is because, you know, I and I um, see. I would say I don't enjoy uh, um, taking guidance from others. <laughs> 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 I like to. I'm a, more of a visionary person. Um, I'm. Don't get me wrong. I'm a doer too, but I like to work yeah. over the ideas or whatever. So there's so, what, so uh, entrepreneur background from your family side. So what did lead you to construction for entrepreneurship in construction? a accident i was working restaurants working nights weekends you name it and that was getting old as i get got older so then i worked for a um, an mep contractor so it was actually in florida and um i worked in the service department originally and ran the day-to-day -day, and then i moved into the startup so the, anything that had to do with hvac air conditioners install in commercial settings in Florida, was there five years, which was the first time I'd ever experienced an ESOP. That was 23 years ago. So I'm very familiar with ESOP, which is now a huge new thing that I dealt with a long time ago. Um, was there five years. I was in a position where I wasn't going to go anywhere because actually to this day, my boss that was there is still there. So I kind of reached this top level that I knew that I needed more. Yeah, which is where I became an interior, eventually an interior superintendent with a different GC in the area. First, it was in the office, then meeting with the homeowners, and then in the field boots on ground. So, so what, what, how did you go from restaurant to the MEP contractor? How did that happen? Did you just see a job posting, or yes. did you you just saw a back job in the day? It was probably a newspaper that I whipped out. <laughs> Uh, didn't have yeah. the internet really then so it was probably I don't, I don't even know there was internet then you I know there was but yeah yeah you yes. think you just saw an ad and it was something that interested you yes that's it okay so I want you to think on that more and there's going to be another episode when you realize when you think back and you remember exactly we're gonna we're gonna do an episode on that because okay. that's right. what I love how so many of the women that I talk to, they're like, oh yeah, well, I, I reached out to this trade school. Okay, what made you reach out to them? 
Well, I don't know. You know, and I think it's those things that what first attracted the women, we've got to focus on that so we can use it to attract more women. But until we understand what is even getting them to these companies, how do we keep, how do we attract more? So that's that's awesome. I never thought about that. I'm by that question. So, okay. So you uh, went from the HVAC into another company where you were the interior superintendent and when and why start your own, come to Kansas city and start your own thing. (laughs) I hope they don't listen to this, but it was because I saw job costing reports and saw the amount of money that I could make somebody. I was making somebody else for the four years I was there. And I was like, well, geez, I did that. I I can, I can, if I'm going to make them that many seven figure numbers, why don't I do that myself? Good for you. Yeah. My background, well, I have an associates in business, so I knew enough to be dangerous about it. And then of course I relied on family of questions. Hey, Hey, what about this? Or what happened here? Or who should I go for tax reason, you know, questions and stuff like that. So there was a, somebody that a mentor I could go to. Yeah. Having that entrepreneur mentor, um, especially being family that you're so comfortable to go to vulnerably and say, I don't, I don't know what to do here. You know, that, that has to be a huge leg up over some of those who just have not come from entrepreneurial background at all. And just, it's scary to start your own business, especially the type of business that you started that what you're doing, you're supporting the livelihood of these people that work for you. They are relying on you for their kids' school books or, you know, food on the table. And that is like angst. It, it is. And I'm not going to lie. It's very stressful. How Because, you know, when COVID hit, it was like, oh, how am I going to keep these mouths fed? Right. It is. And I take it a lot personally. So, uh, you know, I, I built the, the team to be like a family. So I know, you know, a lot of my people have been there for 10 years and over. So they're most of their adult career life has been with IBC. So I know I saw their kids grow up. Yeah. And that is hard. That is the hardest part, I think. Can you expand on how you built them into a family? How, how, how did you do that so that other, other people better understand? I mean, it's so important that they feel like they're family because they are not jumping for two more dollars or two more cents somewhere else there. They feel like they're part of something and hearing how you manage to do that and continue to do that, I think is really impactful for the listeners. So um, going back to the MEP contractor, I loved the people there. I did not enjoy my job. Okay. And I would say there was a couple of different individuals that didn't make it as easy. So I vowed to be a complete opposite of the people that I didn't care for. And I didn't want to be, I didn't want my employees to feel like I did when I got up in the morning and you, I'm sure you understand, you get this gut-wrenching stomach pain that you just, you're just feeling sick that you have to go to work. Mm-hmm. I never want any of my employees to ever feel like that. So I've actually made it a priority. Um, 
and there's, you know, in, in the, in the company, there's like a good cop, bad cop. So I've always been the good pop cop. So there's others <laughs> that I've delegated the bad cop to. That's just not me. And actually, actually one of your podcasts that I listened to recently was the networking um, one. And, it, and if they listen to it also holds true with inside of a company relationships, right? Fantastic. All about it. That's, it's about those relationships and keeping that like they're they're just people. They're people like you, right? And that's they're kind people, of a nutshell. They're people that want to know that you know their name and their kids' name yes. and their spouse's name or what their spouse does, or they they want to they want that connection. That's perfect word. Yes. Yeah, yeah yes. that's that's what I, I thought I was hearing you say. And I think yes. it's um that tends to be more of a female trait because men are task oriented in general, men are task oriented and women are relational oriented. And so we are always trying to find that relationship, that connection to someone. And it, it gives us a leg up on those relationships. Okay. So you have all these people, you have this carpentry business that you started. Um, you're, you're, it gives you some anxiety to make sure everybody is fed, right? And then you decide, well, why don't I start another division? Um, <laughs> what what prompted you to start the traffic division? And was that about the time COVID was happening? No, no, completely. Okay. Um, uh, what prompted was I thought, okay, 2008 and nine came and what happened? That, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm putting all my eggs in this one basket. We're interior trim. And we all saw that kind of fall out um, during the 08, 09. And I'm like, okay, so what else is sustainable besides this? So streetcar in four, 2014 is where I started oh, it. Because okay. I thought, okay, interiors, vertical, what about horizontal work? There's always going to be horizontal work. There's roads always needing to be uh, fixed. So that's the why behind it. And so that was 2014. So no, I had gotten my um experience through casey streetcar phase one and then just kind of grew it from there and added little extra details like extra scopes of work underneath it and now i think i'm good people keep saying well what's next and i'm like <laughs> i think i am maxed out i think <laughs> i had other visions but i think i think i've i've, I've met my match <laughs> i think we're good what do you think has been one of the keys to you succeeding as a woman in the construction industry? And you can have multiple keys. It doesn't have to be one. Gotcha. Um, I, I still keep going back to the relationships, right? People like to do business with people they like and they trust. It truly is. It, it's, it is, um, it's relationships. It, especially small town. I know that say small town, but Kansas City is a small, big town that's getting huge. So, um, and um, cheerleaders, right? People who you've built those relationships that you can, I say cheerleaders slash mentors, where you can call and pick up the phone. I actually did it just today. I had, I needed a piece of advice, and I called in a friend, friends, and attorney. She picked up two rings and got off the phone five minutes. I was good. And it's it's having that support system 
in every way possible. Well, and I'm going to tag on to, you just said you reached out to her. And so my question is, have you seen the support between women change throughout your career in construction? Oh, immensely. Oh, <laughs> Completely. So <laughs> a colleague that we both know, we both love is, is Rosie Prevatera, uh -huh. right? Sure. So I remember going to her when I first came and said, oh my gosh, Rosie, I want to be just like you. And she actually has done so much for all the women until I met her. I don't think that I knew how much support there could be. Uh -huh. So I don't know that I was reaching out to the right people. Does that make sense? It's so it has changed completely because that one person can be so impactful. So, so many people. Well, and sometimes I wonder if it's not because of like when we were, when we were coming up, the women were few and far between yes. and we, we were working our butts off to get to where we were. We didn't really have time to interact or time to mentor or mentor. I mean, time to uh, interact. We didn't yes. see other women to really interact with. And I feel our age groups of women have gotten to a level that now we're like, okay, wait, I see you. I can see you over at these other companies because we were so down in the weeds and we were lower on the, on the ladders that we've gotten to the top of these ladders. And all of a sudden we're all standing there like, oh my gosh, there's another woman over there. Yes. Like, what? That's a great, <laughs> that's it. You're right. That's, I, I agree. Great way to put it. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you just didn't see that much, right? Until you got to a certain point. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's twit switch and talk about the builders. Um, so apologies ahead of time. If I call it the builders association, I know they had a new branding this year. So um, it's now just the builders, um, but you are the first female chair that they have had in 136 years. Um, so my first question is, um, did you want to be a chair? Because you've been on the board for five years or so. Did you want to be or did you get urged to do so? So, good, good question. Well, thank I you. secretly wanted to be. <laughs> However, you would think that I would speak up, but I didn't. Um, I was actually called upon and I seek, like I said, I didn't tell anybody, but I was like, I hope I get this phone call. So I don't know why I didn't speak up, but I did it. So I was actually called upon that. Yes, I, I truly wanted to be. Um, but for some reason I didn't ask, I was asked to. And when, when you were asked to, um, did they give you reasons on why they just felt you were the right person to step into the role for 2023? Because of my involvement, I stayed engaged. I mean, I when I first started, I was I was a member. I I always went went and went to their events. I was a major advocate for them, um, and always spoke out about what they they are and who they are. And I believe that a lot of my a lot of my success was not because of them, but it, it evolved around them because there was a lot of networking opportunities right and yeah. that one was key to me because there's a lot of networking events you've got chambers you've got edcs you've got i mean a whole array of different organizations and that one was supported by the construction industry alone right so i felt that they they helped support me 
And in turn, I think that they, they saw it in me that I was a great advocate for them as well. So in the five years that you've been on the board, have you seen, have there been many other women on the board? We have changed a lot. So honestly, yes. Okay. When I first started on the board, there might've been two. Out of 15. how many? On board? 15 on the board. Okay. Then we went to three. We've gone to four now. Oh boy, I never thought about this question. <sighs> We're pushing close to half. That's fantastic. Well, yeah. and it, it reminds me of something that I heard one time that I think is so true. When there's only one woman at the table, everyone's looking at that woman like, what is she gonna do? When there are two women at the table, all the men are looking at those two women like, are these two women gonna get along? And when there's three or more women at a table, they stop noticing that there are women at the table. They just oh. become part of the team. Oh. And I just, it's, I, I think that's so true. I love that. That's great. I'm going to use it. That it is it's not original. I took it somewhere years ago. It, I just, okay. But that's, that's, it, you know what? You're, you're right. That's great. That's, that's amazing. Yes. Well, I, I think it's great that it's now half um, or almost half. Um, and if I remember correctly, Next year's uh, chair is also female. It's Angie McElhaney, right? You got it. Yep. Fantastic. That's yep. awesome. Yep. So um, how how did you even get on the board in the first place? Is it an application? Is it a recommendation? Is it a phone call you get? Somebody's wanting you to cut? Because I'm thinking about women across the country. Like if they, they have a local chapter or they have a local board and they're just like, how do we even get on these boards to be part of these things? On the builders in particular, how do you get on a board like that? I got a call. Okay. I got a call. However, I would not suggest doing that. I, I, I suggest speaking up for yourself and saying, sign me up. I want to. Don't, don't do what I did. Learn from me great that I was, I was asked to, but I could have been passed up because I didn't say anything. So ask, if you want to ask, and I'm going to guarantee you will be surprised of the opportunities that you do get. And they're, you know, maybe you, maybe you would be the first for their organization, but it's just not there yet. You just said the whole one, two, three, more than three. Well, it's time to change. And actually, if you realize there's a lot of other organizations in the Kansas City area, if you look at it, they're almost getting to be prominent female. Awesome. So some of the other organizations, but the builders is, and, and I, like you said, with Don being there for so long, he's such a amazing person inside and out. So he's really changed for women and diversity on the board. Yeah. So. So um, when you say reach out, um, I, my the first thing that goes to my head is just take a look at their website, see who see who's on the board, see if you happen to know any of them, and if you know any of them, they don't have to be the chair or a specific position. Just letting someone know that you know that's on the board, and if you don't know anyone, I say start stalking them on LinkedIn, see what yeah. you can learn, see who your mutual connections are and see if someone will put in a word for you or a connection that you can then more confidently reach out and say, hey, I know you know my friend Brandy. I We were talking about this organization and I'd love to be a part of it. 
Um, something else I learned years ago was when there's something that you want to do, and it, I've thought about this when you said you secretly wanted to do it, mm -hmm. is you've got to put it out into the universe. And yes. it's so uncomfortable. It is so uncomfortable to say the things that you want to say, um, but you've got to put it out into the universe to even get it into somebody's head that you want to be that. Um, I mean, like for me, and I've, I've never said this out loud on the podcast and I've only said it out loud to a couple of people. And as I'm talking too many words right now, it's because I'm trying to debate, am I actually <laughs> going to say this out loud? But I ultimately, someday I want to be a guest on like an Oprah or an Ellen or show. Like I want them saying, okay, you did some great things with some women to get more women into your industry. Like I want to talk about what we are doing and what our what our um what benefits our industry has for women and i want women to start seeing themselves in the industry um without the um unconscious bias or the prejudice that exists on what a woman in construction actually looks like but you gotta throw it out there Yes. So well, congratulations, you just put it out there, right? Oh, yeah, that was big. Um, <laughs> you just got to reach out and say, hey, I would like an opportunity. And it may not come immediately. And don't ask just once, you know, like make sure multiple people know that's going on. Agreed. Um, okay. What, um, I think maybe that's the answer to that question. But my next question is, well, wait, um, is there an application process at all that you even know about? No, not, okay. I don't believe so. There is just okay. a, hey, I, it, it's, it, there is a, um, a list. There is a list. There is a, a list is there. So it's, but you've got to say something. It's like right? Santa's list. You have yes. to, okay. It's like Santa's <laughs> you want to be on the Santa list. You just need to tell us. Well, and you know, years ago I was on the Builders Association scholarship board and I'm try yep. was trying to think back today. I'm like, I don't even remember how I got invited to that, but I was so glad that I did. I loved being on that board. And that may have been one of the first boards I actually participated in. And I liked being in a room with um contractors from all over the city, people that I didn't know, and getting to hear how they do things and how they think about things, particularly the kids coming out of college is what we were we were talking about. But um okay so let's talk about this is your year 2023 yes. you've got three months left um what you had put on linkedin is that your your mission is to evolve the organization into the powerhouse organization it is meant to be what does that mean to you so as you as you stated there was a unification at the beginning of the year. And what it was, the builders used to be called the Builder Association and it used to be subcontractors. That was basically what their, their organization was. And then you had the AG, national, the AGC, which was more the G, general contractors. Well, as a member for years, as a subcontractor, we were like, okay, well, we want more GCs in the room. We weren't getting it. We weren't getting it. So with this unification, we're there. We are so there. It, it is like night and day from the beginning of the year. The people I haven't seen in years, I mean, years, GCs that are coming out of the woodwork um, to be in, in the organization. So it is gaining so much momentum. 
it's kind of scary and we're outgrowing the spaces that we're renting and it is amazing. So basically it's to, to bring the organization together. So there's one, the, the stigma of the Kansas city builders association was always that it's a union con organization. Well, it's not, it's not, especially now the AGC is there. This is uh, our time to say, look, it might've been back in the day. Yes. However, that is no longer. It is, if you're in construction, suppliers, um, GCs, subcontractors, you, uh, you name it, and that has to deal with the industry period, this organization is for you. And it, it it's we're there. I think it is only going to get better. And I know that Angie taking over will make it even, even better, especially with the just the just the the energy that we have that we have right now yeah. we're changing a lot of stuff our venues are different we're spricing it up a little a little more it it's not the old school old shake of a you know good boy club anymore it's it, it's it's completely i think it's completely changed so that's awesome yes so you you feel good about your first nine months and what you've been able to accomplish uh, in the last three months. Is there something you're really hoping to still make sure you're able to do? So, yes. Yeah, so I actually get the opportunity to go to Capitol Hill next month. Mm -hmm. So I am wanting and reaching out to my fellow Kansas Is there something that we all are, again, as I as I own my own company, um, running the, the, the organization for the builders. Is there something that we want to power through? I would love to hear feedback for others. So one of them is a couple of initiatives that are more legislative type of stuff. Um, and it's has to do with, you know, the diversity, the DEI period, um, across the board. So there is a lot of initiatives that are out there. And there's a lot of different things that are coming up through the pipeline. Um, prime example, there's one law right now as a general contractor where the GCs used to be only responsible for first tier subs, right? Well, now they're trying to get the whole other tiers, third, fourth, fifth for the GCs to, to own that process. I'm not a general contractor, but I don't know if that's fair. Um, so those are just the one type of thing about it's, it's yeah. going to be very rough period across the board. Um, so that would be in a course workforce. And I was having this conversation earlier today, no matter what, with the whole infrastructure bill releasing the funds. So we all not only have, you know, field skilled labor shortage, we're now going to have support staff shortage because the more revenues that a company gets that are, Right. can't find workers we're also going to have to backfill the positions okay. in the office so workforce period yep. is has to one way or another and that that's where i'm all about we've got to start looking in different locations we we can't just we can't just lean toward the women that typically have come into construction and look in those areas that's limiting our search we we have to be we have to be looking elsewhere we've got to be looking at 
wait staff, you know, like people who are just seriously like they love being on their feet. They love being interacting with people. They want an active job. They want to do something that makes a difference. And you know what? They can make so much more money yes. working construction than yes. not every waiting job, but most waiting jobs. And, you know, I just think, huh, sound like a dead horse, uh, beating a dead horse. Cause I say this in a lot of episodes, we are just not we haven't expanded our search enough. We're we're stuck in a mindset. Right. This is where women in construction typically come from. So my final question to you is, one piece of advice you would give to women who want to become an impactful member of any board or executive team in the construction industry? Goes back to stay engaged and ask, speak up. There's so many times where we just don't speak up for ourselves. And for me to I even say moments ago that I thought, oh my God, I wanted it, but I didn't say anything. And I just got lucky, but just say it, say it out loud. You just, like you just said, put it in the universe, like talk, say, sign me up for that. And yeah. honestly, there's a lady that's currently on the board. That's what happened. She told a couple of us and it got into the, the ears um, of others and she made the list and it wasn't but a, a year so it wasn't like oh we're gonna put her on the list in 2030 it was like do you think she'd want to do it next year and we're like yes I think she would yeah that's awesome so, say it yeah put it in the universe yep oh, yeah put it out in the universe I love that well I've loved the whole conversation thank you so much If you know someone that could benefit from this particular episode, then share it with them. Or if you want to continue to learn about the untapped and underutilized resources that will take your business to the next level, then follow the podcast. You don't want to miss an episode where we discuss what you needed to hear. And lastly, there is a link in the show notes that will allow you to reach out to me directly if you want to accelerate that learning curve. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.